Welcome to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman, the animated series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. And let's introduce our hosts on this episode and on this show in general, across the table from me, he is the double-sided, head-sided coin of my life, Mr. Jordan Hill. And I would like to introduce Big Bad Mike. Big Bad Mike Stout. Big Bad Mike. across from me. Big Bad Mike. I make my own luck. I'm sure you do. I definitely do. What is that from? That's from Dark Knight. Oh, of course. The other Harvey Dent thing. (laughs) Right. Harvey Dent is a character that has been in many Batman projects over the years. Obviously, we're going to be talking a lot about Harvey Dent on the next two episodes. But at the same time... Harvey! I'm I'm Batman! Batman. So at the same time, um, we also have to at least address to a degree Harvey Dent as a film character. He's been in two Batman movies, right? No, three. Three Batman movies. So he was Tommy Lee Jones in Batman Forever. Yep. And then we saw him, uh, we saw uh, Aaron Eckhart did him for the Chris Nolan films. Yes, and then we have Billy D. Williams. Who never got to be Two-Face. No. He was only ever Harvey Dent. We mentioned this, I think, earlier in an yeah. earlier episode, but Tim Burton was like, yeah, Billy D. Williams, Harvey Dent, totally. And then some racist executive at the network was like, you can't have a black Two-Face. So they got rid of that. And as a result, in this animated series, because this animated series kind of takes its lead from Batman Returns, it's yeah. still kind of in yeah. the Burton influence, uh, our Harvey Dent in this animated series seems to be someone who is black, possibly of mixed race. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, we were talking about this in the pre-show. It's like, as the episodes go on, even in these two episodes, yeah. Two-Face Part 1, Two-Face Part 2, he seems to get like less black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a little odd. It's weird, right? It's a little odd. I, I'm yeah. sure other people have noticed this because, especially like right at the beginning of this episode, which we'll get into, he de- definitely has like a darker skin tone. Yeah, he has what I I think of as like cool black guy hair. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then that starts to go away. Yeah, no, it does. As soon, especially when he becomes Two Face. Yeah. But on today's episode, so this is a our first two parter that we're tackling. Um, Two Face Part One and Two pa- Two Face Part Two. Which are, on the production side of the show, episodes 10 and 11, uh, respectively. Which, that means we we know they were good. That means they were definitely good because they were early in the production run, but they were also early in the broadcast run because these episodes air 17 and 18 in the broadcast run, which means they're airing within the first month of the show being on TV. Yeah, they like these. They like these episodes, and they pretty much should like them because they're two of the best episodes we are going to talk about so far. I do think that Two-Face Part 1 is a little better than Two-Face Part 2, though I do like the I do like the the uh the second part of this of this two-part series is much more about Two-Face as a as a gangster character who is, you know, it's kind of it's fun, right? The Two-Face stuff is it's got a little bit more fun to it. He finally looks like the villain. You know, this is one of the characters, one of the villains that I think is very important to the animated series. He's obviously very important to Batman, and there have been great Two-Face stories over the years. Oh, yeah. But, like, it's really cool to see this on the animated series. And this is the first time on the animated series that we see a villain get made. Uh, You know, we've seen kind of origin stories like we did have, like... We got a little bit of Poison Ivy's like backstory, how she was upset that the plants were killed, and then we had some others. But like, this is the first time that we actually get to see a villain 
get turned into the villain right. on the screen. Right. We see the full origin yes. rather than just like, oh, and here's their first appearance. And yeah. we as viewers, we know Harvey Dent prior to him becoming Two-Face as a, as a as a as a recurring character. Yeah, it's it's funny. Batman the Animated Series is largely just an episodic thing. Yeah. It almost doesn't even matter what order you watch the episodes yeah. in. Yeah. But here we have, because of the Harvey Dent transformation into Two-Face, suddenly we get a little bit of serialization. Yes. Like, you have to know that he was Harvey Dent first. Otherwise, you're going to be confused when Harvey Dent just kind of suddenly shows up and he's not Two-Face. Yes, yes. Um, and we know him as Harvey Dent uh, in at least two other episodes that we've talked about so far. On Leather Wings, he's in for a very right. short period of time. And Pretty Poison. And Pretty Poison, which was actually, he was much, he was featured much more heavily. Yep. Oh, um, is he... No, I guess maybe he's not at the birthday party for Be a Clown, is he? I don't believe so. Okay. I don't believe so. I guess so. just twice. We've seen him twice. We've seen him twice on the show so far, but he was heavily established in Pretty Poison as Bruce Wayne's close friend and the DA of Gotham City. And we also saw him for a short period of time in On Leather Wings where he has the coin, does he not? He does. He's sitting in like the dark chair, like yeah. off to the side of the room. And you're like, what's up with that guy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like pulling all the focus in that scene. I, I feel like the version of Harvey Dent that's in the on Leather Wings is very much Big Bad Harv. Like we're <laughs> yeah. getting a little bit of Big Bad Harv. He is, yeah. Uh, in this episode. And in this episode, we're dealing with uh, multiple personality disorder, um, which is you know the first time we're seeing that uh, from, from Two-Face and from Harvey Dent in general, which I do think is actually very compelling for uh, 1992. Uh, I think it's... Um, I think it's not something we talk about today. I and as Moon Knight tries to tries to handle that a little bit, but this this episode really shows how one person can change to the to the right. other very rapidly. Yeah, so Harvey Dent is afflicted with I think it was formerly called multiple personality disorder. I think it's now called disassociative yes. identity disorder. Yes. And we're, we're not trying to be offensive. We're trying to be, you know, yeah. I, we're, we're trying. <laughs> we're, try, we're trying to get it right. Uh, yeah. the, these terms do change from time they, to time. They do change. Um, he also has extreme obsessive compulsive disorder. Yes. Yes. Which has to do mostly with the coin. Yeah. But we see even if he like gets his suit dirty, he yes. has a bit of an issue. Yes. So, um, yeah, this is this is actually actually definitely the, the series um, wrestling with someone who is afflicted with psychology that is that is a different psychology. Absolutely. You know? Um, we will. I think we can, we can say very broadly, things were less politically correct in the early '90s. Yes. They yes. probably would not handle a character in this way now. You mentioned Moon Knight. Yeah. I think they're actually more sensitive about it in Moon Knight yes. than than they would have, you know, maybe handled Moon Knight in the early '90s. Yeah. Well, Moon Knight in the early '90s would have just been asking Dracula for his money. That's all. We, <laughs> that's all Moon Knight. That's that's the best thing about Moon Knight are the memes surrounded by Moon Knight because I don't know where they came from or how they became. Um, as funny as they are, but they are quite, quite enjoyable. Right. Uh, so in this episode, Two-Face, they don't even really like try to give you a creative title. It's just Two-Face, part one and two. That's all you need. It's really all you need. And um, it's it's an excellent episode. I believe this is among the best that we've talked about so far. Um, oh, for sure. For me, these two episodes, parts one and two, uh, and we've chosen to give you them as two separate episodes, yes, by the way. So you can watch along. I'm sure you're thrilled. Um, these are the best episodes we've watched. Yes, I, so, I, so far, I yeah. do love On Leather Wings quite a bit, but 
these episodes. I love On Love and Wings. I love POV. POV yeah, made it into also. my top 25. Yes. Um, these will as well make it into my top 25. Mm-hmm. These are better. Better. Yeah, they're 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 better constructed. They're uh, much more mature than a lot of stuff we've seen so far yeah. uh, on Batman the Animated Series. Like, this is heavy. This is heavy stuff for, for kids to be watching in 1992. Sure. I would even argue this might be too heavy. Yes. Bruce Tim had said, I think he said this about part two specifically, but I... I think it could be applied to both episodes if you're six years old yeah. watching this episode yeah. you have no idea yeah what really is going on yeah um it's really just too mature for you but anyone older than that and yeah. i'm paraphrasing bruce tim will look at this and say wow there's really something going on here and feel compelled by it and that's all the way into adulthood adult this, viewership yeah this show really does show how sophisticated it is for an animated series and how yes. and that's probably why it's been able to withstand the test of time absolutely it's not doing the simpsons thing where it's you know kind of just being having you know more mature humor in it or something like that this is a, a serious take on a fairly serious cartoon character or comic book character that we had not yet seen and episodes like two-face part one and two really showcase just how much this show is, was written with Obviously with kids in mind, but also with adults in mind and also with Batman fans in mind. I believe that this is the most, probably the the most um, faithful adaptation of Batman I think I've ever seen yeah. is the animated series. Because they do pull so much directly from the comics. Sure, and the things they change from the comics are often better yes. than they were yes. done in the comics. Um, I love that this episode is so good. It's also like they clearly knew this episode was important. Yes. They knew this character was important. Two-Face is, is one of the big three in terms of what I think of as like Batman's sort of big three villains. Yes. So of course, you have like the Joker, yeah. who is Batman's undoubtedly his, his arch nemesis. You have Two-Face, who has always been, ha, 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 number two yeah. in my estimation of like Batman's like villains, you know, iconographic villains. Um and then I, I probably would put the Riddler at three. I don't put Catwoman in those three because Catwoman is so often a hero character yeah, that it, yeah. it feels like I should not include her. Especially at this point, I don't think Catwoman is a villain anymore. Right. She's more of an anti-hero. But in terms of... You're totally right. In terms of how the villains reflect Batman back at himself, I actually think Two-Face is the best one of those. Because one of the reasons that the comics are always a compelling read and this show is always a compelling watch is because... Batman is the mystery character. Yep. We don't yep. really know anything about Batman. Mm-hmm. But when we see him take on one of his villains, we see how something in him is sort of revealed yeah. when he has to take on this person. Now, Batman is two people, right? He's Bruce Wayne under the cowl, right? And with the cowl on, he becomes Batman. Some would say he's Batman all the time and that Bruce Wayne is the mask. That's fine. But never more clear is this issue of duality than when he is fighting against Two-Face, someone who is sort of both those things at once and unable to negotiate between the two. It's really, really fascinating. And it is also interesting in both these episodes how even though Two-Face is a villain, Two-Face is not necessarily villainous. No. He's treated as a tragic character in both these episodes and with, I think, great sympathy. Absolutely. I think 100%. And Two-Face, the the best parallel I can draw here is that, well... To, before before I draw the parallel, the best villains are villains that are that threaten the hero, but also threaten the hero's alter ego. And sure. Bruce Wayne has a connection to Harvey Dent as a friend. Yes, you're so right. And mm-hmm. Batman has a connection to Harvey Dent 
you know, with the whole crime fighting thing, but also Two Face as a villain because Batman wants to clean up crime. It's very similar to um, Harry Osborn and Peter Parker, right? Sure. Where Harry Osborn is the Green Goblin. They even have the same. You'll you'll point this out. He's got that Goblin face sweat going on. <laughs> That's right. Um, Harry Osborn and Peter Parker are best friends, but Harry Osborn also happens to be the Green Goblin. When Norman Osborn's the Green Goblin, you know he's like a mentor to Peter Parker. So that's why those villains are always better um, than, say, you know, just Venom or Carnage, who's just a lunatic that, you know, murders people. Um, right. And there's, you know, there's some... You can get a lot out of that, too. Sure. But it's it's much more grounding when you have that yes. that relationship like Harvey has with Bruce. And that's that's probably one of my favorite things about these episodes is that we do show the connection to Bruce Wayne. We do show how this affects Bruce Wayne as a person, not just Batman as a superhero. Sure. And Which- how... Which what? means Bruce Tim and company must have included in their Bible, like, we must establish Harvey Dent before he becomes Two-Face. Which, I and they did very intelligently. I'm not sure on the broadcast order if he's established any further, if there's another episode with him in it before we get to, I, I, I gather this would be episode 17 and 18, but uh, we'll get to that when we, we get to that. But I also wanted to point out, and there's a lot of good stuff about this episode. Uh, first and foremost, this is the first time we're really introduced to, like, gangsters as batman villains like we had we had some gangsters here and there so far but this is the first time that we have like a named gangster villain in yeah. rupert thorne which is a huge deal and rupert thorne seems to be the stand-in for falcone yes he he seems to be the carmine falcone of yeah. batman the animated series you said i in the pre-show i think he's in nine of these episodes in the he's series. in nine of the episodes of the series that's, which is a lot it's a lot it's almost 10 percent of the series rupert thorne is sure in. especially considering like the riddler who yes. i just named is like one of the big three is in like two episodes yeah he has like two episodes <laughs> on batman the animated series right. so it's uh, Rupert Thorne's a, a, a huge character here. He is the stand-in for Falcone. Was that a fat joke? No, this show hates fat people. You said it was. He was a huge character. Yeah, you're right. How dare you? He, he's he's not that big. He's not as he's big. drawn huge. He's not as big as biggest. <laughs> he's not as big as biggest. But Rupert Thorne is drawn like he's about three fifty. Yeah, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. He's but you know what? These boxy suits. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Everyone's huge. everyone looks huge. Everyone's huge in this show. And I do want to say that Rupert Thorne is portrayed by John Vernon, who you might know as the Dean from Animal House. And he's awesome. Or the mayor in Dirty Harry. And he's he is so great, good. Great. His, and his voice is so good. And every time I hear it, I just hear, Animal House! <laughs> Robot House! And, um, but, you know, that's really cool to see the gangsters here. Two-Face, obviously, is a more gangster side uh, of the equation type of character as the DA, as a criminal. He's much more on the gangster side of things. Sure. And this episode and Two-Face Part 2, they are pulpy as hell. Oh, These yeah. are really yes. gangster these pulp are, stories. Yeah, these are absolutely mob stories in, uh, involving Batman. Um, yeah, we have to talk about how this episode might have influenced The Long Halloween. I think so. Which is a, you know, it's a 97, 96, 97 story uh, that's by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Mm -hmm. I think if you're writing Batman at that point in time, I don't think you could really ignore the cartoon at that point, especially since Harley Quinn had already been injected into the the comic books as a character. It's, um, it's pretty, it's, it, it definitely, it doesn't take like everything from from this, but there are aspects of, of Harvey Dent sure. and Two Face that are obviously used for Long Halloween, and oh. I think Hush too. Oh yeah, well I think it. I think Long Halloween takes a lot of story beats from from Two Face Part One and Two, and and to their credit, I think they would uh, agree. I, yeah. I think when you look at Two Face Part One and Two, especially in terms of like Harvey Dent and his 
sort of longing for Grace, who is later called Gilda, Gilda in yeah. those stories. Um, it, it feels emotionally the mm-hmm. same, the same kind of resonance. Yeah. So I think Loeb and Sale are, are really looking at this these two episodes and saying, you know, we want to do that origin story. To their credit, Long Halloween is better than this, yeah. but only because it is... Uh, it has more latitude. It's longer. It, it's longer. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. You have more time to spend with the characters. You have a whole year. Right. Um, and we'll get into that in Two-Face Part 2 of how these two episodes stretch over the course of six months. Right. But I, I, I think that, you know, you kind of have to look at this episode and look at Long Halloween as two pieces of the same kind of art I agree. piece. I, th- I think for sure this is one of the forerunners of the Long Halloween. Absolutely. For sure. And I love the Long Halloween. Love so, it. Yep. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the best Batman stories out there. If you have not read it, you Arguably should. Arguably the best Batman story is the Long yeah, I would argue, yeah. argue that it's it's the best. Sure. And the, and the core of that is Two-Face. Two-Face. It's because Harvey Dent is just that compelling of a character, whether he's Harvey or Two-Face. And we love the Joker here, but there are aspects of <laughs> Harvey Dent and Two-Face that are far more compelling than the Joker. Listen, Joker's still number one, number one with a bullet always, but yeah, the emotional resonance, the emotional resonance of, of Harvey Dent, of his transformation into Two-Face, of this corruption of justice or of a just man, the loss of his sanity, um, it's just so compelling. You can't look away. I absolutely can't. Um, before we get into the episode, though, in a scene by scene, let's talk some trivia. Um, okay. The writers on this felt that the episode, this was the first episode where everything like gelled for the first time, and it kind of set the tone for the rest of the series, and I think we can agree there. We agree, absolutely. This and is the first episode where you're like, you you watch it, and you're like, this is excellent. Yeah, this is this is quite good. This yeah. is almost as good as uh, most of the Batman movies out there. <laughs> right. Um, it's actually better than some. And the writers on this one are Alan Burnett and Randy Rogel. So uh, they were the writers on this one. Uh, the, the story was written by Alan Burnett, and the teleplay was Randy Rogel. Um, according to the writers, the scene where Dent first sees his new appearance in the hospital was intended to be similar to the live-action Batman 89. We will talk about that later on, where he yeah, demands... Yeah, there's even sort of the same dialogue. Mirror! Yeah. Mm. I need a mirror! Yeah, it was, it was a fun reference. Yeah, it's a great reference, and it's kind of it's kind of fun to, to, uh, to reference the 89 movie anytime you can on the show, just to give those fans a pat in the back. Um, Grace's name is a modification of Gilda Grace Dent, who's Dent's wife in the comic books. Yeah. And uh, apparently, Two Face was originally going to have a Godfather-like voice, but the uh, the voice actor here did kind of just kind of does just like gruff, kind of tough guy version of what he's doing for Harvey Dent, and that's Richard Mall as uh, Harvey Dent. Two Face kind of just does this big bad Harv gruff voice. Yeah, what I really like about it, and maybe I'm reading a little bit too much into this, but you know what? Fuck it. That's what our show's all yeah, about, of right? So Kevin Conroy, when he does Bruce versus when he does Batman, Bruce has kind of a lightness to mm-hmm. him, right? It's kind of like up here. Yeah. And then when he comes into being Batman, yeah. he kind of just drops it down. But it's the same guy. Yeah. You know, and you can hear that there's two sides there, even if it sounds more comfortable when he's playing Batman as is appropriate. Two-Face has that same thing where he has kind of this lightness, right? But then it drops down here, right? It, it's it's He's basically doing the same thing Batman does. Yeah. You know, I, I, and listen, I, I don't do a very good imitation of either of those guys, but hopefully the listener will understand that I'm trying to illustrate that both these guys are doing two different voices for essentially the same person yeah. and kind of going about it in the same way. Yeah, exactly. And it's a good mirror. Yeah, It's a good it mirror to see how, you know, Harvey Dent is essentially the mask for Big Bad Harv. Just like Bruce Wayne is the mask uh, for Batman. Um, then from Kevin Altieri, he said of the script, it was better than anything the comics had ever done on the character, <laughs> which I think, you know, Jordan and I 
Unfortunately, we didn't read a bunch of Batman comic books probably before we watched the animated series, so we wouldn't have known. Our introduction to Two-Face is kind of this cartoon, or at least for me. My introduction to Two-Face is mostly the cartoon and then, and then obviously the long Halloween and, I mean, of course, Batman Forever, um, <laughs> who uh, had a very different version uh, of Two-Face. And, uh, Nothing like live bait to trap a bat. Harvey, I'm Batman. I'm... But you said you'd let me live. That's my hearing aid. Um, Kevin Altieri says, I'm pretty notorious for changing scripts, which I don't do with malice, but for a love of the medium. But that script didn't need to be changed very much. There were embellishments I gave to it, like adding the rainstorms to the staging of the psych- uh, psychiatrist's office. So this script was good out the gate. This yeah. script was good out the gate, and you know what? It's amazing. Yep. It's amazing. They like it. We like it. It's good. It's good. Let's go. Let's After go. After having a couple of rough episodes back-to-back and, you know, kind of in a row, it's nice to finally get to, like, one of the good ones. <laughs> you killed Captain Clown! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We'll never get over that. Never get over it. So, my initial thoughts on the episode, you know, I I think we've kind of already beaten that, dead, that horse dead and then kicked it a few times. It's really good. Like, it's really good. It's a great... It's a great painting of the character of Two-Face. It gives it gives Two-Face so much weight that he doesn't have in the comic books for, you know, it's it's crazy how the 80s changed comics, right? The 80s make comic books sure. much more introspective, much more, you know, they give them more issues to deal with. They become more, I don't want to say mature, but there's a maturity in the storytelling. Um, whereas 60s and 70s, the comic books are kind of fun. They're lighthearted. They're goofy animal guy, animal themed bank robbers, you know, and, yeah. and guys like Batman and Spider Man stop them. But the 80s really give us stories where, you know, you've got Dark Knight Returns, you've got Batman Year One, which are these darker, more intense stories, and that would carry through to things like the Long Halloween. Um, we've got stories like the Dark Phoenix Saga, or well, the first half of the Dark Phoenix Saga is really good. The second half with the space stuff is all right. Um, <laughs> And then we have stuff like um, Craven's Last Hunt. So I feel like the Batman the Animated Series is really an 80s comic book transformed into a 90s cartoon. I think there's a lot of lot of that to it because there's a seriousness okay. to it that we wouldn't see from Batman in, say, the 60s. Sure. Okay. You know, you oh, know what, I'm, sure. say- you yeah, know what well, I'm saying? It definitely does not have a light tone. No, yeah. and obviously, you know... This is after, you know, things like Death in the Family and, you know, like I said, Dark Knight Returns, Batman Year One, Batman 89. It kind of changes everything. And like these, this, this show is, feels like it's more in line with that stuff while still being a kid's show. And yeah. I feel like episodes like this is what kind of elevated to that level. I agree. I was going to say pertinent to this episode, there were dark Two-Face stories in the 80s. I distinctly remember reading a few of them and I, I always remember just his origin is kind of dark yeah it's darkly fascinating it's this white knight of gotham this yeah. this da right and they can't do that origin on the animated series but i actually don't dislike this one no i don't the origin either. in the comics of course is that he's at trial and sal the boss maroney uh splashes him with acid during the trial itself, and yeah. he, he holds up, I think, a, a ledger or a newspaper, and that's why he has the exact perfect line down his face of where the acid burns him in his hand. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I know they couldn't do that, because they, they probably couldn't do, like, an actual acid attack on an animated series television no. show would be would be tough, but they still do an acid burn. They still do a chemical attack his, here. Yeah, his They just do it circumstantially a little bit differently, and as a result, they still get kind of like that pulp horror to it 
a lot of this reminded me of like Sam Raimi's Dark Man, yeah, which was yeah, yeah, yeah. itself a commentary on old Universal monster movies and you know some pulp horror of its own. And and when Dent comes out with the bandages in the hospital bed, I was like, fuck, it's it's that same feeling, yeah, you know? It's 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 that's kind of nauseating, and it, it deals with that the feelings of like you know, oh, what what is life like once you become disfigured, especially yeah. if you're mentally you know mentally not well to begin with, you yeah. know? Yeah, and also uh, the. The show also kind of paints it as though Batman is at least somewhat partially responsible, or at least Bruce Wayne will hold himself somewhat accountable for what happens to Harvey Dent. He will. So, all right, let's dive into the episode. We get the title card. We see a statue that is half cast in shadow. It's flipping a coin, and we see Two-Face. No part one is shown, so at this point in time, turning into this, if you're tuning into this episode for the first time in 1992, you think this is a one and done. We have this amazing ominous music playing over the title card. Yeah, it's Two Faces theme. Yep. Which is, uh, if you're watching this with subtitles, it says Serene music. But I've yeah. never thought of his tune as Serene, and so it's kind of creepy. It's like, wah, wah. yeah, it's it's creepy. It's creepy. Oh, it's real creepy. Yeah. Um, now uh, we get into a this foggy space. A figure is running from something. He trips and falls and gets up. We see that it's Harvey Dent, who we've met uh, thus far in On Leather Wings and Pretty Poison. He's panicked. What's he running from, right? We don't really know. We don't see. We hear a more gruff version uh, of what we assume to be his voice calling out his name. Harvey pushes back, asking the voice to leave him alone. And then we see the gruff voice laughs as Harvey continues to run. Where you going, Harvey? You can't get away from me. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Harvey eventually meets this figure who is cast in shadow. Harvey asks him to stay away. And then we see the shadowy figure extend a hand that's now fully bathed in like this kind of beam of light. And it flips a coin. We watch and hear the coin flip impossibly in the air as Harvey cowers, but we don't see the result. And then the figure flips a coin a second time. It's time, Harvey. It's time. And then he flips a coin a third time. And I don't think I've ever really thought about it, but uh, that coin swoosh sound as it flips the air is delicious. Oh, it's amazing. It's such a good sound. Amazing. I, I love it. Um, and it's it adds so much tension. It does. It's a good sound. Like it's, I don't think about sound effects a lot. It's, it's a really good. It's sound a really effect. good sound. Really well done. All right. So now we wake up. Dent is covered in sweat. He had been sleeping on the couch in his office. And... He's gonna be very sweaty this episode. <laughs> yeah. He gets and next episode. Real sweaty. Um, well, more this episode. Yes. Um, we be I believe it's got to be his assistant Carlos comes in telling him <laughs> right because it's like I've a never heard of lawyer. Carlos he's only in this episode yeah. I don't know I, it might be another lawyer that works for him maybe he's an ADA right I um, think I think that's the most idea. likely an ADA Carlos comes in telling him it's time Harvey it's time mirroring what we just heard in the dream sequence Harvey admits that he must have fallen asleep and had a bad dream as the camera pans away showing a photo of a blonde woman on a desk marked Harvey Dent district attorney. Um, we have, can imagine that this woman has some significance to Harvey Dent, but we don't really know. The last time we saw Harvey Dent, he was goo goo gaga all over uh, Poison Ivy. Sure, which we don't know how long ago that could have been. We right? don't know because yeah. it doesn't really tell you. Carlos tells Harvey that Gordon is called and they've started the raid. Harvey grabs his jacket and the two exit his office. Mm -hmm. We now cut out, cut out to a burned out building with spotlights shining on the building this is like a classic like criminal hideout stakeout type situation. Yeah. This is a, a classic standoff, a classic raid. This is just, you know, every movie, you know, come out with your hands up and you won't get hurt. You know, it's one of those things where, of course, the criminals aren't going to come out with their hands <laughs> up course. because they'd yeah. rather get hurt than go to jail. Right. 
Um, we don't see Montoya or Bullock, which is which is a little upsetting. And I think the reason for that is this this episode is so dialogue heavy already yeah. that we just couldn't add more characters to it. And Harvey Bullock in that situation would have been like, "Hey, it's Batman! I gotta get up there and fight him!" Right. You know? Yeah. So yeah, maybe not a good idea to have him in this episode. <laughs> right. Um, Gordon, you know, is the classic quote unquote good cop. Yes. He's the classic good cop, and he once again proves it with kind of his demeanor during this police raid on this building. Um, we see a green sedan roll up down the street behind the cops as one of the criminal tells Gordon to pound tar, which I imagine is get lost or get out of here. <laughs> right. And, I've never heard that expression before. Well, I've heard pound the pavement. So sure. If, it must be the same If thing. asphalt is made with tar, maybe that works. Uh, the criminal is also like very stereotypical. He's wearing a balaclava and holding a shotgun. And uh, Harvey Dent approaches Gordon. Harvey Dent comes up, approaches Gordon, uh, pretty much uh, asks him how it's going as gunfire hits the hood of the car in front of them. They dive for cover, and uh, an officer lets Gordon know that the SWAT team is in place, but Gordon tells him to wait for his order. Uh, we then see that the criminals are opening crates from the inside of the building uh, of U.S. military weapons. So, obviously, this is some sort of weapons kind of deal that they're, yeah, they're getting. Yeah, uh, the, the raid is on an arms deal. On an yeah. arms deal, just left kind of, you know, it's they're just in this derelict building. Um, two of the thugs pull out a bazooka. Like, just ridiculous. To uh, put a hole in the barricade. Yep, just just for fun. Yeah. Just we're going to have just, a bazooka. Just a random bazooka. And the, the, the thugs arm the bazooka with a roll, uh, an RPG. Um, or a rocket-propelled grenade. All the more reason, by the way, if your villains have bazookas, don't be flying blimps around. Yeah, no blimps. This no would be blimps. real bad for blimps. Uh, they point it at the cops, but as they do that, obviously Batman shows up, and he starts taking the thugs out very quietly. Just as Gordon's about to send the officers in, we can hear Batman beating the crap out of everyone in the building because he's Batman, and that's right. what he does. That's what he does. And I will say this much. Um, it's a great way to hide some good old-fashioned like comic book violence. Because <laughs> right. like Batman, you hear it, and you kind of see shadows bounce back and forth, um, but like you don't see it. So Batman throws a guy out the window. Right. I, we do see him like bounce on yeah. the um, like an awning, like an awning. But like I was like, if this were just a regular film, Batman would just be tossing guys out the window. Oh, basically, yeah. like yeah, you'd yeah. be like, oh yeah, they're they're alive, but they broke every bone. Yeah, in their yeah. Body. They're going to the hospital for a very for long, a long time. time. Um, I would say that as Gen Z says, Batman is doing work uh, on these guys for real, <laughs> for real, for real, for real. For real. no yeah. cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bazooka fires uh, the RPG into the sky and then ex- explodes above the building. Harvey asks what's going on in there to Gordon's reply. Looks like they have a, might have a bat infestation, which is a nice a nice joke. It's This is the first time, and we'll talk about this lo- later in the episode, but this is one of the first times where we get kind of a little taste of Gordon's feelings for Batman. Like, Gordon clearly likes Batman. He does. He clearly likes him because yeah. he makes a joke about Batman pretty much beating beating the snot out of uh, Gotham City citizens. Right. Who are criminals, mind you, but they're still, you know, citizens. Um, And uh, a goon gets thrown out through the front door and the rest of them run out, turning themselves into the cops, seeming like they would rather go to prison than spend any more time with Batman. We then cut, and Harvey Dent is being interviewed on TV while the criminals are being loaded into the paddy wagon. Dent commends Gordon in his fine work, as we pan up and see Batman on the roof doing that cool, like, Todd McFarlane art. Have you ever seen the Todd McFarlane I art have, of Batman? Yeah. With, like, the, the cape is, like... Right, it's billowing, like, out. out it's billowing, yeah. and the cape looks like it's almost made out of bats because it's Todd McFarlane. Right. Um, and Gordon says, and thank you. 
Now, I think if you're watching, if you're the people in Gotham watching this on TV, it may, appear, it may appear that he's saying that to Harvey Dent. Sure, it's subtle because it's in the same direction, yeah. but like obviously we see his eyes are cast upward and he's saying thank you to Batman. Yes. So that is a, it's a nice moment uh, between Gordon and, and Batman. Yeah, it's always nice to see when, when, I love the relationship between Gordon and Batman when Gordon is not an absolute buffoon. Sure, and again, at this point in the animated series, the relationship with the cops is still contentious, yeah. even adversarial. Bullock outright doesn't like Batman. Batman and the police do not necessarily work in conjunction with each other, even though we yeah. often see them in the same spot. And we do not have the kind of show, at least not yet, where Gordon's like throwing the bat signal up there and calling Batman for help and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, I think that the the relationship between Batman and Gordon in the animated series reminds me most of the relationship between Batman and uh, Gordon in The Batman. Like, they work together a lot in that movie. Where right. in the Nolanverse, they work together a little bit, but I feel like the two were much closer in... And the Batman, I think it might be because Batman's younger in that movie. Yeah, well, there's definitely a different relationship, for sure, yeah. in those two franchises. Yeah. I would say Gordon, because it's maybe an earlier version of Batman in The Batman, um, they are still putting up that guise that maybe they don't get along, yeah. right? Yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But clearly they right. see... Like, basically, they... Jeffrey Wright is like, you have to punch me in the face to I, get out of here. I love that. Right. I love that. <laughs> I need you to punch me in the face. The media asked Dent if he planned the raid, which Dent, Dent takes credit for and says that they've been able to break um, one of Rupert Thorne's crime rings. Now, this is the first mention of Rupert Thorne as a character in the show, which is something that we need to acknowledge, and that Harvey says he intends to dethorn Gotham City. Lovely. Very good. Very lovely, good. lovely. Maybe he needs a new speechwriter. I uh, guess he's going to put a dent in crime in ooh. Gotham City. Oh, well, that was probably why he was named that. Yeah, probably. They're probably like, hey, I got a DA who puts a dent in crime. Right, I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, one of the criminals then, as he's getting loaded into the uh, police wagon, turns to Harvey and says that um, he's not going to be able to beat Thorne. Uh, the man who, I forget what his name ends up being. It's like, it's some basic thug name. Who's got like a blonde flat top? I think it's like Frankie or something it's like Frankie. that. It's Frankie. I think it is Frankie. What a pair of balls on him, by the way. As you're being escorted to the paddy wagon, you're start yelling at the DA. The like, DA! Like, the guy who's going to prosecute you. Stupid idiot. Yeah, exactly. He kicks mud at Harvey Dent. <laughs> and and he, gets, we, he gets mud on the same side of his suit that yeah. he will later become two faced on that same side, the left side. Yes, yeah. yes. The, uh, that, that, is that the, the white half of the suit? Or is it the black uh, half of the suit? It's the black half of the suit. Yeah. 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 Um,. And then Dent kind of snaps. <laughs> he really does. We, we cut to corn. Uh, we we cut to uh, we cut to Thorn's men laughing at Dent as he's getting that like what I can only describe as that good old rage sweat. Yeah, it's, it's the hot. It's the Harry Osborne it's, yeah, sweat. Yeah, it it's really the, is. <laughs> he's it's, gonna get so angry that he sweats. Harry Osborne. Except he is not addicted to heroin. No, he's not. Um, unfortunately, as far as we know. And. Harry Osborn doesn't have the dual persona, right? He doesn't have the split personality issue. That's well, I mean, Norman, he right? He basically does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. imagine when he's masked, he's speaking in the goblin voice oh, yeah, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Harvey then runs, grabs the man, throws him into the mud, and he threatens to tear him apart. The man screams for help as Harvey telegraphs a punch. Listen, man, this punch is telegraphed in such a way. I don't know if it's just the angle or the size of Dent comparatively to this man, but you're like, if that punch landed, he would have killed him. Mm -hmm. He would have, like, taken this man's life with his fist. Yeah, Frankie's face would have been uh, mush if he he connects with this punch. You're right. 
Uh, Gordon stops him. And he says, hey, get a hold of yourself. And Dem snaps back to reality and realizes that he showed off his other face. Whoops. Ooh. Gordon escorts Dent away, telling him he doesn't need this type of publicity. Harvey says that the uh, Frankie must have just pushed the wrong button. And then Gordon says, well, that's one heck of a button. Yeah. So in, in TV drama, there's a trope called the berserk button. Yeah. Uh, which is like when a character has like a particular thing that is said to them or done to them, like they just go nuts, even if it's irrational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for Marty McFly, it would be chicken. Be chicken. I don't know what Dent's berserk button is specifically. Is it just being insulted? Because if that's the case, then wouldn't he have gone berserk like all the time, constantly? Yeah, I don't I, know what set him off here. It's um, you know what I think it might be. We we get a little bit more of this when he's talking to the therapist later on. Yeah, but. He first represses his anger and creates the big bad Harv persona when he when he punches a bully at school. Right. And thinks that he put this bully in the hospital. Yeah. Now the way they shoot the or draw rather and show the criminals laughing at him when he gets mud kicked in his face is very reminiscent very of the schoolyard. schoolyard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the kids laughing at You're him. Right. And I think that's it. I think that's it. I think I think it has something to do with that that, that feeling place. of being humiliated, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and especially in like almost like a schoolyard setting. Because I don't think the people are laughing at Dent to the degree that he perceives that they're laughing at Dent. I yeah. think it's kind of almost done supernaturally, based and especially since Big Bad Harv is kind of him as a child to a degree. It is part of his. his it's part of Harvey Dent when he was a kid, right? The violent side. I think that he just has just a short fuse for that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so now we now it's TV transition time, which the show loves to do. The show you loves using Summer Gleason specifically to do, to do transitions. Of course, we see Summer Gleason giving a report on what just happened. Gleason Gleason names Rupert Thorne as the target. As we cut to Thorne sitting in a chair watching the report, he's with a man with a crew cut, and a woman in a red suit with long dark hair. We can hear Gleason say that handsome Harvey earned the new nickname Hothead Harvey as he attacked the man who kicked mud at him. We see the scene of Harvey attacking uh, Frankie again through the lens of the news report. Thorne mutes the television, which is, you know, anachronistic. <laughs> That's pretty much everything. Yes, yeah. exactly. The woman, then, the woman then says, this man is crazy. And Thorne replies with, yeah, crazy like a fox. Yeah. I I like Candace a lot. Oh, yeah. She's, well, first of all, she's a beautiful cartoon woman. Of course I like her. But also she's... Like, very sassy. Mm-hmm. Like, very fun. I'm glad they gave her some time to just kind of establish her character here as being like, yep, this is someone you're going to see from time to time going forward, often with Thorn. I think even later in the series, she's not with Thorn. We just see her doing some other stuff with... I forget. I think she switches to a different villain at some point, but I, I might be misremembering yeah, that. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, she's just... She's good at what she does. She gets information, and she causes problems for a lot of people. I like Candace a lot. Yeah, good, good character. Great character. Um, Thorn said that it... Thorne said that it that this probably bought Dent another ten thousand votes. Um, <laughs> I think he's right. Yeah, and when the main goon in the room suggests that they give Dent a cement suit, Thorne, who's crazy like a fox, says that they need to instead get any dirt they can on Dent. So he's looking for blackmail. He's looking for public humili- humiliation. He does not want to re- retaliate with violence because we know that's not going to do well against the district attorney. Um, Thorne wants Dent in his pocket. And Candace says that Dent is so clean that he squeaks. To which Thorne says that she needs to stay in his tail because all men have something to hide. 
The brighter the picture, the darker the negative. And props to the animators here, because pretty much right as he's saying that, there's like this terrific uplighting of Thorne's face, just making him look like the devil. Yeah. Um, really, really cool. Also, really true. Yeah. Oftentimes, people who have these squeaky clean personas have these horrible secrets to hide, and there's that interesting question of duality brought up again. Yeah. You know? It's true. We now cut to Wayne Manor at a political fundraising event for Harvey Dent. Funny that this is the thing that Batman universe keeps circling Always back does. to is that Wayne is having some kind of a fundraiser for Dent. Yeah, he, you know, they're friends. They're established. They're friends. And it seems like Wayne just really likes having fundraisers for Harvey Dent. Uh, we see a large picture of Dent um, cover kind of like the facade of the manor. Um, and we see a large table of fruit and food, but noticeably an ice sculpture of Justice, who is blinded and holding her scales and sword. And the sculpture is melting in a way that is very reminiscent of Harvey Dent's face sweat when he turns into his other personality. It is. It is. Yeah. So when I saw that, I'm like, oh, it's melting and sweating like him, almost like how Dent's, Dent is melting away to give way for Big Bad Harv. Right. Um, I agree. Yeah, I like that reading. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think that's purposely done. Um, we start to hear bits of Harvey's speech, and he's given the normal like "I'm going to be tough on crime" speech, and then we see a blonde woman, who's the woman from the photo on Dent's desk. Thanks, Bruce Wayne, for hosting the fundraiser. Uh, Bruce speaks about the history between he and Dent, but also admits that Dent has been rather intense lately. He asks, who we now know as Grace, if he's okay, and we find out. Um, Grace says that it's the pressure of the campaign that's that's getting to him. Uh, Dent finishes his speech and then he meets with his supporters. Grace then publicly puts the pressure on Dent to say that they need to figure out a wedding date because they are clearly engaged. So yeah, that'll take the pressure off. Yeah, right? definitely. Why don't we get married after you yeah. know you do this incredibly stressful yeah. uh, that'll help election? Him. That'll help him. Um, like I said before, like last we saw. Dent, he was he was like in in a relationship with with Poison Ivy. I, I, I time has no meaning. I, I don't know how so, long he's been with Grace. It could have been a very long time has yeah. passed. Honestly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we don't really know. Is what I'm no, saying. You we know, don't, we don't. The show rarely establishes passage of time. When we ultimately get to Two Face uh, Two Face Part Two, they'll talk about how six months have passed. But yeah. usually in the show, we have no idea how no long idea. it is from episode to episode. And also, we can assume that more adventures and things are happening between episodes. Of course, because Batman is always has more experience. Right. I mean, this guy's working every night. Always has terrific new toys. That's right. Um, uh, Bruce Wayne, you know, jokingly says that if they don't get married soon, uh, Bruce is going to steal uh, Grace for himself. Which is a classic Bruce Wayne moment. Bruce Wayne moment. Sure, just and, trying to play the the schmoozy, yeah, gross yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Dent jokingly, the playboy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Dent threatens to uh, jokingly threatens to prosecute Wayne if he tries that. Then we see Carlos is back, and he interrupts Dent with a document showing that the judge just threw the case out against Thorne's men. That the warrant wasn't complete. Uh oh. Oh no! You didn't have a good warrant. He Harvey snaps. Again, and the sky behind him turns red. He grabs Carlos and telling him, we spent three (laughs) months on that raid. And he accuses the mayor of being bought. And we see and hear that version of Harvey that we heard in the dream. Carlos is thrown into a table as the ice sculpture begins to slide off. The statue of justice breaks as Wayne tries to calm Harvey down. Um... And he calls Bruce Wayne a rich twit. And Harvey goes to punch Bruce as Grace gets in between them, snapping him back. Now, if this was not an animated show, 
allegedly for children. What do you think he would have called Bruce instead of a rich twit? That what do I you would think? Say, probably son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. You rich yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, that might be it too. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, but we have to also remember this is Bruce, Tim, and Paul Dean. No, so. no, I, I know that. I look at these shows sometimes and I'm like, all right, you know, you, you had to change a couple things probably from the original yeah. story to, to get by standards and practices. Rich twit is fun. I just... Is would it be rich fuck? You rich fuck. Maybe a prick. You rich prick. I like that. Yeah, that, too. that might work too. Because that yeah, kind of has his money in his face. That almost has like a classist kind of vibe right. too. Like a prick is someone who looks down on people. Right, my, my reading here is like when he's big bad Harv. Obviously, his he has this outsized anger and it's monstrous. But also, big bad Harv is also kind of a very direct character. Yeah, he's very honest. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering, what does Harvey Dent really want to say to Bruce Wayne? Exactly. And does does Harvey Dent actually really like Bruce Wayne? Or well, that's yeah. So that's the thing. I don't know. Does Harvey love Bruce? I think they love each other. Yeah, I think yeah. they have a friendship that needs to work for this relationship to work for us to get that experience as audience members but also yeah i think harvey's frustrated by bruce's money and yeah. that bruce that he needs someone like bruce to even get somewhere yes exactly you know? and that you know maybe he feels yeah no i think you hit the nail right in the head um dent then leaves the party and as he leaves the party we see candace has been in the crowd the entire time keeping her eyes on dent and uh you know we uh we then oh she's yeah she's got that great smirk yeah that right great smirk yeah, that very good. you know yeah really just you know she knows she she knows she saw exactly what she needed to all right we're, we're in bruce's dangerous trophy room as dent admits he <laughs> flew off the handle bruce says that dent was like another person out there and bruce suggests that dent get some help and grace admits that he already has and dent kind of gets surprised and kind of like betrayed that she would tell someone else this but they're best friends you think bruce wayne should probably know uh, about this type of thing yeah so well you know we should address this for a moment this is still 1991 or 1992 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh being in therapy is still a little taboo especially mm -hmm. for men of course and now take into account that this show is also kind of maybe not set in the modern era yeah. right it's maybe in the 1930s or 40s right so there's this real yeah. Uh, taboo for men in therapy. Yeah. So this is this is something private. It's important to note that taboo because it's a huge plot point later. Yes. yes. Right. He does not want it known that he's going to therapy, and certainly yeah. not for what. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I mean, we're we're still a long time off from The Sopranos, right? No, we it's, are. It's, you yeah. know. Yeah. This but, is before tough guys could go to therapy. Exactly. And you know, though it is kind of a, it's a bit forward, right? It's a bit it's a bit it's progressive. progressive. Yeah. yeah. The way Grace and Bruce talk about therapy, yeah. they talk about it as being like, Oh yeah, very normal. Like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but funny enough, like speaking of people who should be in therapy. I know. Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne. Um Dent asks Bruce to keep it quiet, and Bruce says, If there's anything I know, it's how to keep a secret, you know, because he's secretly Batman. Um <laughs> we then we then cut to the exterior of a building during a thunderstorm. We cut to a pendulum-like watch swinging back and forth. Harvey is watching this watch as though he's being hypnotized. Well, because he is being hypnotized. Is hypnosis still a therapy practice? I don't know. I And I will say this much. In this instance, she's using therapy not to fix his problems, but to get in touch. She's using uh, hypnosis. hypnosis not to fix his problems, but to 
hypnotize him into getting the other guy to come out. Right. I did not do any research on this. I do not know. Listeners, let us know. Is hypnosis something that is still used in, in therapy, in treatment for this kind of a thing? I don't know. I feel like it's something to serve the story. I'm not sure so. if that's still done. I think so. However, a movie I watch every year, Donnie Darko, his yeah. therapist does use hypnotism on yeah. him. Maybe it is a thing. Maybe it is. I will say in my limited experience with therapy, I have never encountered hypnosis. No, and I think maybe it was something that was much more common in the past. For sure. Um... The hypnosis, puts, the hypnosis puts Harvey into a deep sleep, and then the therapist asks to speak with the other personality. She refers to him as Big Bad Harv, and we see lightning crash, and half of Harvey's face momentarily turns into what we would only know as the two-face face. <laughs> Scared the shit out of yeah, me. So, yeah. uh, Harvey admits that he may not want to talk. The therapist says she must, she must talk to him and that Harvey must try to call him forward. We see Dent's entire body shift as he turns into Big Bad Harv. He pulls out a coin and begins to flip it. When Harvey is brought up, Harv says that Dent is a wimp. This reminds me of like the Hulk and Bruce Banner a little bit. Sure. And the uh, it also reminded me of um, l- later. This is later that movie Primal Fear with yeah. Ed, Ed Norton from yeah. the uh, I think late nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the therapist says that Harvey was ashamed of his anger when he was a child, so he repressed his feelings until they became an illness or a second personality which we now know is Big Bad Harv. She says that once Harvey can realize that anger is not unnatural, if it doesn't turn into violence, um, Harv cuts her off and says, then I'll go away. He stands up and knocks over the table and tells her that he's going nowhere. Harv throws a lamp through her window and asserts, <laughs> asserts dominance. He sure does. He sh- definitely does. He grabs the therapist and threatens to kill her. Which is real not nice, because yeah. I think she's the old lady from Looney Tunes. I'm pretty sure she's the old lady yeah. from Looney Tunes. She snaps her fingers and Big Bad Harv goes away. Harvey drops the coin and realizes what he'd done, He's apologize- and he apologizes. She admits that it wasn't him, but his other personality, who's stronger than she expected. Harvey's at a loss. When his therapist suggests that he go to the psych ward, he says he can't. He needs to win this re-election. And she suggests he cut back on campaigning and that they intensify their sessions and that may help. Harvey agrees to do that. We cut outside to Dr. Crest's door and we hear, as we hear him say, as long as you keep this secret. But Candace is there and she's heard it all. Yeah, so we, we already get the idea as audience members that like, okay, so this is this is what's going to come out. This is what's going to yeah. expose him, which yeah. is which is sad. Sad. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a moment for sure, but I, I really, really like this therapist sequence. Oh, yeah, it's great. As much as I doubt whether or not hypnosis is used, certainly I think it was probably used then mm-hmm. more often, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed watching him come out and watching her see what he could do, Yeah, and the threat of that being there in the broken window. All that's very cinematic. It's, it, it's great. It's really good stuff. It's a great the, scene. The thunderstorm adds so much weight to the scene. It just gives you that total feeling of... Um, a total lack of predictability. Like right. it's unpredictable as all hell. Right. Well, he's a force and, of nature. And he's That's like, like totally just, yeah. yeah like, a monster. Yeah. he's a, and, and it does have that kind of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, Frankenstein kind of vibe, right? That kind right. of old world horror vibe. Yeah. It also kind of lends credibility to this idea that the explosion or the acid splash, whatever you want to say, didn't make him two-faced. No. It changed his appearance, yeah. of course. Yeah. But this guy's already like this. Yeah. Yeah. So now we cut to Harvey's election headquarters as Dent has been predicted to be the winner of the election in a landslide. Bruce stops Dent and slyly tells him that he's keeping it together and Dent agrees and says that he may be announcing his wedding date tonight and and that is part of his acceptance speech. 
I guess he got off of Poison Ivy pretty quick. <laughs> right. Again, we don't know. You know what would be really funny is if Poison Ivy was like two weeks ago. I know, right? Uh, he kisses Grace and uh, Carlos interrupts. That there's Fucking a f- Carlos, yeah, man. Carlos, Carlos man. shut the fuck up. Just let the man let, let the, man, the live- man do his thing. <laughs> He's got to do his thing. Tell him about Rupert Thorne later. Yeah, exactly. He says there's a phone call for Harvey. Uh, Harvey picks up the phone. As the caller congratulates him and introduces himself as Thorne. With Thorne, with that buttery, buttery yeah, voice. Yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> Thorne wants to make Dent a deal and then says that he's not interested in deals. He but, calls him a slime. Yeah, he calls him, you slime. <laughs> and then Thorne says that he should be, or maybe he should make a deal with Big Bad Heart. Yeah, what a trigger. And you see the expression on Dent's face. And he's like, oh, fuck, he yeah, read my he file. Kn- he knows. Yep. Thorne also threatens to tell the press about Dent's visits to the psychologist. Which, again, is more of a taboo then than it would be now, yes, but it's still significant. Definitely. Thorne has, Thorne has a limo waiting outside and that he should get in it while he still has a career. Dent lies to Grace and leaves. We see Bruce flirting with some bimbo <laughs> right. as he notices Dent leaving. Which I guess he's just putting on a show yeah, of it, right? Yeah. Well, so this is what I told myself was that Bruce can't just be sneaking around the building no. listening to Dent's conversation, so he has to bring this girl out yeah, in the hallway, course. right? Is that, is that what we, we yes. can believe? Yes. Bruce follows him as Dent kind of leaves. He kind of leaves the girl uh, alone. Oh, and she's she, very upset. Not happy with it. Um, and Wayne stops Dent and asks him where he's going. Dent says he was just called to a meeting. Uh, Wayne knows he's in trouble. To which Dent replies with, my friend, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> Two-face, half-face. We got Bruce, it. Bruce watches Dent get into the limo and totally goes into Batman mode without the mask. We then see Thorne's limo race down the road as Batman follows on rooftop. Now we can get what I can only describe as a Spider-Man sequence. <laughs> right. As Batman swings in and jumps down onto a bus. Batman hops from car to car following Thorne's limo. And then he pulls out a gun that shoots a tracer at the ba- bumper of Thorne's limo. Batman jumps and swings into a flagpole and pulls out his bat tracer locator thing. <laughs> um, and then we cut to Batman in the Batmobile driving right. after the signal. Uh, Batman pulls. There was up. a commercial in there somewhere. Yes, of I course, think. Yeah. definitely right, right. after That's he. Usually, what boop, happens? Boop, 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 yeah. Commercial time. Batman pulls up to the lot where Thorne's car has stopped, and we hear Harvey and Thorne talking about his psychiatric file. Yeah. So I just want to be clear, and I don't want to be misconstrued. Yeah. Um, it's not that he's gone to therapy that is the mm-hmm. problem. It's mm-hmm. that Thorne has the intimate file, like yeah. the the details of the fact that this doctor is probably writing about. Yes. Two faces, disassociative yeah. identity disorder, yeah. about his um, uh, his anger management issues, or whatever you want to say, his obsessive compulsive disorder. It's all in it's there. All of it. All of it. Um, we cut to the inside of yet another chemical plant of some kind. I feel like they're all over Gotham. Gotham is made of chemical chemical plants, plants yes. and, and fun, chemical and all plants they and make carnivals. is acid. Yes, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Thorn right. Inventor- and empty carnivals. Yeah. none of them. None of them are running. No, no, none of them. None of them. <laughs> Thorne and Dent are discussing blackmail in his file. And Thorne reads the file, which says that when Dent was a little boy, he fought back against the bully. But when the bully went to the hospital, Dent thought he was the cause, so it made him very upset. Turns out the kid just had appendicitis. The goons laugh at right, Dent. Right, an affliction that only afflicts one side of your body at yeah. first, by the way. Ooh. Oh, and later Ooh. in the second episode, Batman is going to have a pain in his abdomen in a very similar spot. Yes, yes. Just a thought. Yeah, I think it's all. I think it's all it's in, in the there pie. On purpose. It's yep. in the pie. The goons laugh at Dent. It was at this point that Harvey hid his anger and buried it deep down, creating this other personality. Dent asks Thorne what he wants. Just a few favors from the DA's office, and Thorne threatens to give Dent's file to the press if he doesn't comply. We see Harvey flip a coin 
as the goons continue to laugh almost supernaturally again. And this is clearly how Big Big Bad Harv sees the world. So this is the berserk button, right? Yeah, the berserk yep. button mm-hmm. has yep. been pressed. Close-up of Dent's face show the transition into Big Bad Harv with the same face sweat we've seen all episode. When Thorne asks if they have a deal, Big Bad Harv says, You're talking to the wrong Harvey. And I just love this moment because none of them happen to have a gun on them right now. No. And they just thought, like, yeah, we're going to blackmail this fucking asshole DA. And then he, like, just transforms into a monster and starts wrecking them. Yes, he totally turns into, like, a Mr. Hyde. Because Dent's a big dude as well. He's big and strong. He's, like, a tall, strong guy. Yeah, Yeah. and he he just goes bananas. Um, He throws people. Like, he completely picks up Rupert Thorne and throws him. Well, it's a Hulk thing. It's like, I'm so angry I've become that much stronger. Exactly. Yeah. as he has Harvey, to throw Rupert Thorne, yeah, you have to be very strong. He's a big boy. As Harvey goes to sh- strike Thorne with that, that punch again, he's stopped by Batman, who insists they leave. Harv strikes Batman, and Harv and Batman fight off Thorne's goons as Harv approaches Thorne once again. Harv is grabbed, allowing Thorne to escape. The fight continues as Candace watches and appears very amused by this fight. She does. And she just they have a close-up of her face, and she just says, Wild. As Thorne takes <laughs> Dent's file and runs away. Yeah, I'll say again, watching the fight sequence, I was like, Batman is, of course, always an impressive fighter. Dent, I was like, put Dent in the Batman suit. He's I know, doing I very know. well. That would be good for, uh, what was it, Battle for the Cal or Fight for the Cal or whatever sure, it was? Sure, well, actually, there yeah, that, that story Two-Face. has happened where Two-Face yeah. has become Batman yeah. in, in a few different iterations. Harvey uh, chases Thorne down the alleyway between the chemical vats. Surely nothing will go wrong yeah, here. Yeah, you know, a little chase scene by the chemical yeah, vats. of course. It's we fine. S- we see a uh, danger high voltage sign. Always good. No danger at yeah, all. Good ingredients here. Uh, Frankie from earlier appears with a Tommy gun and shoots at Harv. Harv falls as Batman pushes uh, Frankie, who misses Harv, but shoots the wires by the high voltage sign. Mm-hmm. The high voltage sign explodes, shooting a lit wire into one of these vats, and then we see a huge explosion that catches half of Harvey's body. Yeah. He he falls, and Batman runs to him, turning him over, and we see shock on Batman's face. Something has happened to Dent. And then he yeah. says, Harvey, no. Yeah, though the animation's a little weird there. Yeah. And actually, it's an impeccably animated episode. It looks beautiful. But actually, Batman's mouth is in the Y shape yes. rather than no. But still an effective, uh, awesome moment. Actually, I was, I was kind of considering this while you were talking. I was like, you know what? Yeah, the acid splash in the courtroom from Sal the Boss Maroney is brutal. I don't know that this is less impactful. It's not. In some ways, it's more. I yeah, think they thought yeah. that they were giving the kids a break by seeing this, but I remember, like, this was scary. Dude gets blown up, man. Yeah, industrial accident. I mean, there's a lot of these. Exactly. Gotham needs OSHA. Yeah. Real they, bad. Real bad. Uh, then we cut to Denton Hospital with half his face wrapped in bandages. Right. Total dark man. Yeah, total, totally. Total universal monster, yeah. The dark doctor states that Harvey will recover. But when asked about his face, he says that a good plastic surgeon should be able to clean up most of it. But there will be some scarring. So this is the 89 Batman scene. Yes. And uh, Bruce is more worried about the mental scars Mm. and uh, the permanent change to Big Bad Harv. We cut to Thorne's parlor. A newspaper shows that Dent was caught in a refinery blast and that his career as DA is essentially over. Candace says that Dent is out of Thorne's hair, but Thorne is not so sure. Thorne, you are right. Yep, he will be back. The hospital. The doctor is cutting off Harvey's bandages, letting him know that there will be scarring, but they've already made appointments with the plastic surgeon. We see bits of Harvey's scarred face as lightning strikes, and both the doctor and the nurse react in horror. Harvey demands a mirror in a scene that is, obviously, as we said before, purposely similar to Batman 89, where yeah, Joker so goes, just, Mur! Continuing Mur! tribute, yeah. Um, 
And Harvey looks in the mirror and we get more of the Two-Face face. I have to say again, he takes off these bandages. The Look at the reaction from the doctor I know. and the nurse. Whoa. Like, people, be fucking professional, okay? The guy's disfigured. Yeah, I mean, just... Yeah. just just get a poker face going, yeah. okay? And also, like, you don't think the, either of these doctors or the yeah, doctor... you've the done nurse, burn units. Yeah, Come exactly. On. Just be professional. Yeah, no. Um, Harvey looks in the mirror. We see his face. And then we see Grace in the hallway with roses as she hears Dent scream. Dent exits the hospital room in his hospital gown holding his damaged face. Lightning crashes in a very... What I could only say is a very gothic horror kind of way. Yeah. Uh, and... Grace asks Harvey what's happened to him as he turns, revealing his new face. It's the first real gl- glimpse at Harvey as Two-Face. Grace gasps and faints. Yeah, and I remember him wearing that hospital gown yeah. and turning to the camera, and you see his face for the first time, I think, as maybe lightning flashes. And I remember that was always in the promo for yeah. Batman the Animated yep. Series, was like that moment. He got that blue face with that really just well, exaggerated it's, lip. It's, it's unforgettable. Yeah. I'll tell you what I think is most frightening about that appearance. It's not the blue skin so much. It's the the lip that rides up over the gums yeah. is has always been so yeah. horrifying to me because it looks like he's perpetually in pain. Yes. It's not so much that it's grotesque. And it, actually, it, it's not the worst thing to look at. It's just that you just think about how painful it would be to have your mouth contorted that way all the time. Yeah, you know? all the time. And uh, his hair is now half his hair is white as right. well. And also, um, in Harley Quinn, the Harley Quinn cartoon, this is kind of the two-face they use. Like, yes. even to the voice is kind of similar. <laughs> yes. Like, it's almost purposely done that way. I watched one of the episodes of Harley Quinn right after this, and Harvey Dent is trying to get Jim Gordon elected mayor. <laughs> and it's pretty much this version of Two-Face, but like a joke, yeah. which is actually quite funny. Um, so Grace Grace gasps, she faints, and, and Two-Face says goodbye, Grace. It is leaves. heartbreaking. Oh, terrifying. Goodbye, yeah. Grace. So sad. So sad. We well, see I, uh, Because I think it's not because Big Bad Harv, it's because he's seen what he looks like. Yeah. He knows that this is not no. going to be the way it was. No way. No way. Um. He leaves, and we see Grace lying unconscious as a storm rages outside with the window open in the hospital hallway. We get some dramatic music and the words, to be continued. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was amazing going through this episode again with you sort of narrating it and having just watched it again. This was, it's it's a great episode. It's beautiful. Um, What are your closing thoughts here on Two-Face Part 1? This episode's great, man. It's such a good episode. I, I think it's just so tight. It gives a perfect origin story for one of the better villains in Batman's rogues gallery and yeah. I just I just love it. It's so much better than most of the movie Two Faces as well. I so agree. I think it's one of the best episodes of the series mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And I include part 2 in that even though part yes. 2 is is not quite as good, but yeah. we we kind of treat them as one. Yeah. Um I love it. I've often wondered like why is his skin blue? Like why did they choose that color? Yeah. I f- I think this is what I've determined if they had chosen any more natural color, like a fleshy color or a red color, it would be too grotesque. It would be. It also wouldn't stand out. Right. Like It's like, sort of because it's blue. We, that you're like, we, oh my God. We, we talk about this a lot uh, on this. When we talk about uh, this being a kid's show, you got to sell toys. So it's way easier to sell yeah. a two-faced toy where he's got like a shot, where his hair is white and his face is half blue and he's wearing a black and white suit. So I think that's part of the reason why too. Yeah. You know? Uh, we, we will see in Batman Forever, um, half his face is pink. And <laughs> right. his suit on that side, is it like red? Is it like pink leopard? In Batman Forever, they just, yeah. Like well, tiger? half of him is a normal man and half of him is a Joel Schumacher character. Yes. How about that? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think this is one of the best episodes in the series. You put it at number 11? This is, uh, yeah, in ranking in the series, it just misses the top 10. And folks at home, wait until you hear the top 10. You'll feel it is justified. This is number 11. Yeah, I think that's a good spot for it. I yeah. think it's just out of the top 10 and just and a great hey, introduction. That's a one and a one. That's like duality, man. One plus one equals two. Two. Two face. Ah, face. I, I see what you did there. I see what mm, you did there. Mm. But um, this was a great it episode was a to talk big, about. Big bad pun. <laughs> <laughs> and on next week's episode, we're going to be talking about Two Face Part Two, which Jordan will lead us on that. I one. will lead us through Two Face Part Two. Excellent. This was great. This is so good. Such a good episode to talk about. So thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Tastic Cast for Jordan Hugh. I'm Mike Staub. Thank you, and see you next time. Same bat time same bat channel and there you have it everyone thank you for listening to this week's episode of the batman tasticast jordan and i would like to thank you for your continued support as you like and subscribe and share this one with your friends out there on the internet if you want to follow us on social media you can go to your social media app of your choosing and look for batman tasticast that's b-a-t-m-a-n-t-a-s-t-i-c-a-s-t and you can find us on all social media and you can also send us a review on the podcatcher of your choosing or if you want to have some conversations with us you can send it our way and we will talk about what you talk about on the air so please feel free to reach out to jordan and i on social media for that thank you once again and we will see you next time